what is up guys welcome back guys i had a great break i hope you guys had a great break i hope you guys had a fantastic christmas fantastic new years and i am so excited that we are back and guess what we're back on camera because we are now recording the podcast i'm not too sure what i'm going to do with the footage yet i don't think i'm going to upload the whole thing to youtube but maybe some clips or some highlights or something so you guys stay tuned in and look out for those uh, those things because we're making moves. We're making money moves guys. We have a YouTube channel and it's legit So if you guys have not checked it out, you seriously need to I'll put the link in the show notes in the description So you guys can go check it out. I have two videos up right now in the official channel launch the official launch of our YouTube channel is going to be January 12th that is the second Saturday in January that gives me enough time to record a video and put it up and do it right and learn how to edit and stuff like that because I'm used to being behind this microphone so the two videos that we have up are actually the season three trailer by Griffin we're gonna talk a little bit more about that in a second and then also I put together like a YouTube trailer that's kind of funny kind of lighthearted, and it talks about when we're launching so guys seriously go check it out I'm really excited to be doing this and I hope you guys will subscribe and like and comment on all those videos because it helps us get those ratings up get we got to get those numbers up we got to reach the people and you guys are uh, an avenue to help make that happen guys if you haven't listened to the season 3 trailer that Griffin did it is amazing it is so cool I'm so excited so happy that he was able to put something together and so I want to give him just a quick shout out he didn't even ask for it, but he has launched, he has released his project. Today is Saturday the 5th, and he released it yesterday. It's called The Odyssey Prelude. You need to go check it out. It'll be on Apple Music, Spotify. It'll be it'll be everywhere. You can check it out, SoundCloud, and go listen to it. Give him a follow, share it around. It would mean so much, and he is so talented. I know you guys will love it, and, and I might feature on one of the tracks so you want to go check it out and i hope you guys will enjoy it how much i've enjoyed it so much so a few weeks ago i got an email from a guy and he we we had a few conversations he was like i'm binging your podcast and i was like i'm so sorry for your ears and we, we were talking and he, he eventually brought to my mind he was like hey like i would love to see you do a an episode on the prosperity gospel and I was like, well, dude, we have tons of stuff on the prosperity gospel. So I went to my podcast and I was scrolling through and I actually came to the realization that I have nothing on the prosperity gospel. And I was shocked. I was like, what, what am I doing? Like, this is such a big movement right now and we need to talk about it. And so uh, that's what I'm starting this year with. He gave me the suggestion. I loved it. I think it needs to be talked about. And so we are starting January off right with a false gospel. <laughs> so I can't wait to talk to you guys about that. I was I was doing some research and I was like, wow, like how do I define the prosperity gospel? Because you know the people who teach the prosperity gospel are going to define it differently than the people who are like holding to orthodoxy, biblical Christianity. They're going to define it. They're going to define it differently. And so I was perusing the internet and, and I love the Gospel Coalition. Uh, I, I think they have a lot of really good content, a lot of really good insight. And I found this article on the prosperity gospel. It was really good. There's this guy, his name's Stephen Hunt, and he, he, he kind of explains it this way. He says, in the forefront 
is the doctrine of assurance of divine physical health and prosperity through faith. In short, this means that health and wealth are the automatic divine right of all Bible-believing Christians and may be procreated by faith as part of the package of salvation, since the atonement of Christ includes not just the removal of sin, but the removal of sickness and poverty. Now, this is this is the this guy. That quote is from someone who is teaching. Um, a really good quote really sums up their perspective really well. It's known as the health and wealth gospel, and there are a few signs. There are a few there are a few signals that tell us or that define what the prosperity gospel is that help us realize what the prosperity gospel is or help us see it if it's being taught. And so I want to just kind of walk through a few of those. There's four of them. And then we'll talk a, a little bit about some cautions that I have. Or actually, we'll talk about the cautions first, because this was something I, that I was thinking through and praying through for, for, for quite a while. And I think there's this huge misconception within orthodoxy, like within, you know, Protestant Christianity, Bible believing Christians, you know, I think there's this misconception that that is if you're a pastor and you have money, then you're in sin. I think I think we I think we kind of do the extreme opposite of what the prosperity gospel says. Right. Um, and I just want to give a little caution to that. There are plenty of pastors who have been blessed and given a platform that that is on the American stage that they utilize very faithfully and they exercise their gifts extremely faithfully. And because of the society that we live in and because of the stage that God has given them, yes, there is a higher revenue. There's a higher income for those individuals. But that that fact alone does not then make them a prosperity gospel teacher or it doesn't mean that they're in sin. So there are big pastors uh, that that probably live in elegant houses are presidents of seminaries who get paid a decent salary for the work that they put in and are able to live in houses in the president's house. Like there are people who are blessed in ways and uh, it's just part of the job. It does not make them a false teacher or, or mean that they're living in sin. And so I want to give a little caution to that because I think we can often... We can often assume that if a pastor or a Christian has a lot of money, that they are living in sin. And that is an incorrect notion. That is an incorrect belief. And so I kind of want to give caution to that. Now, depending on what they do with their wealth and how they live and and all those things, those are separate. Those are different. And and yes, that would help give us some insight on whether or not they're living in the right way or not. But just... The amount of money that someone has does not dictate whether they are a prosperity gospel teacher or believe in the prosperity gospel or teach the prosperity gospel. So I wanted to get that out of the way first. So what makes the prosperity gospel a false gospel? Number one, Jesus' atonement extends to the sin of material poverty. Listen to that. that. That line assumes that material poverty is a sin they're saying that if you are in sin or even if you're unhealthy if you're sick then you are actively living in sin and that you need to repent 
And so they're saying that Jesus's atonement extends to poverty so that when you are saved, you are brought then out of poverty into wealth. That is what that means. That is a false gospel. Jesus did not die to bring you from poor to rich, from poverty to wealthy. That was not the point of his death. And when we when we push his death or we make his death simply about us getting material things, we are spitting in the face of our savior. We we are laughing at it. We see him on the cross and we are we are the people spitting at him. When all when we reduce his death down to something that grants us material wealth or material goods or physical items, you get the picture. So what makes the prosperity gospel a false gospel? Jesus's atonement extends to the sin of material to the sin of material poverty. Two, Christians give in order to gain compensation from God. Now this is another huge no-no. The point of tithing is made clear in Scripture. Now, I think there's this 10% thing that goes around and, and yes, I think 10% is a good number and I think it's biblical and I, you know, I wouldn't give less than 10%, but 10% is never defined. Like, like we see people, we see examples of people give more and less than 10%. Like the, the, the poor lady who gives like half a penny, she gives a hundred percent of what she has, but, but Jesus is like, no, she, she is made rich, right? She gave, and she gave everything. She didn't give just 10%. And so I think tithing is, we, we, we could do a whole separate podcast on that. But essentially what this is saying is that when we give, when we're in the prosperity gospel, when we are actively living that lifestyle, when we're saying the prosperity gospel is true, we are giving in expectation that God will give back X amount times more like he like he'll give back 10 times more or 20 times more or 30 times more and that's just wrong that is that is a wrong statement that is nowhere said in the bible that is nowhere stated in the new or old testament it's just not true we do not give in order to receive material blessings back we give in order to bless the kingdom and the church and the advancement of the gospel and that's where our blessing comes from. So yes, we are blessed when we give. We are promised blessing when we give tithes because we are then seeing the advancement of the kingdom of God take place in the world. And so yes, we do get blessed, but not materially. And it's not expected. We should not expect material compensation from our tithes. All right. Number three, faith is a self-generated spiritual force that leads to prosperity. Such a false statement. So false for so many reasons. This, this basically destroys the fact that faith is a gift from God. This completely contradicts what basically the entire first half of Romans is saying or maybe like the entire middle of Romans, like six through 12 of Romans is saying it it contradicts what Ephesians two says, where it literally says that faith is a gift from God. It contradicts scripture. Faith is not self generated. We cannot muster it up. Now I, I do believe that faith is a muscle and it can be exercised. 
and we should exercise it. My friend Griffin says this all the time. It's a muscle, and if we if we don't exercise it, then it's just not going to be strong. But if we exercise it daily, daily, and we practice and we work at it, and, and we will see our faith get stronger. That's where like sanctification and justification meet, right? But we cannot get that initial faith on our own. It's like God is implanting that muscle in us for us to exercise. And we cannot implant the muscle ourselves. We don't have it. We need it from God. Faith is not self-generated. And depending on their defining prosperity in a certain way, they're saying that it's just going to lead to material wealth. The more faith you have, the more material stuff you're going to have. I would say that, yes, faith does lead to prosperity. I would even rearrange this quote to say, faith is a spiritual force that leads to spiritual prosperity. I would I would say that. I'd say that's true. I say the, the more we exercise our faith muscle, the more that we see God working in our life, the, the wiser that we become, the, the, the better discernment that we have, the more connected and in tune that we become with Jesus. Yes, I would say that we would then just growing closer to God is a spiritual blessing in itself. And so, yes, I would say that, that we would be spiritually blessed. Okay, lastly. Prayer is a tool that God uses to grant prosperity. Prayer is a tool that God uses to grant prosperity. How, what a low view of prayer. What a low view of prayer. Prayer is not something that we use to simply get material compensation from. It is not a, a, a fast pass to material wealth. Prayer is an intimate time of communion with the Father. It is a blessing that we get to approach his throne in humility, fall at his feet, and worship him. Prayer is so much more than asking for material things. Prayer is a time of confession where we, where we plea with God to forgive us of our sins like David does in Psalm 51. Prayer is a time of worship and adoration. Prayer is so much more than God, I want a million dollars and I deserve it because I have faith. No, 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 no. Prayer is a time where we worship Jesus at his feet thanking him for the blessings that we have in him, for the salvation that he has granted us that we do not deserve at all. Prayer is a tool that God uses to bring us closer to him. Prayer is a blessing and we should never look at it as anything different. And so I would say that those are the those are like the four marks of what makes the prosperity gospel a false gospel. Jesus's atonement does not extend to material sin. There is no such thing as sin in poverty. Jesus lived a poor life. He even said that that sometimes like his followers may not have a place to lay their head at night. He was like, he, he, told, he told the man who wanted to go bury his father to leave him 
and to follow him, but the man couldn't get over it. He wanted to go back to his material stuff. He wanted to go back to get his inheritance. Jesus's atonement extends to the sin of material poverty is a ludicrous statement. And it, 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 that, that line alone teaches a false gospel. So what makes the prosperity gospel false gospel? Jesus's atonement extends to the sin of material poverty. Christians give in order to gain material compensation from God. Faith is a self-generated spiritual force that leads to prosperity. And prayer is a tool that God uses to grant prosperity. All four of those things are, are false biblical teachings, false doctrines. They are taught by false teachers. And if you ever hear a pastor or someone you know speak in this way, then you need to lovingly approach them and call them out. Approach them with the real gospel. Because that is a laughing stock compared to the true gospel, the gospel that saves, the gospel that Jesus uses to bring people to salvation, the gospel that that teaches that Jesus lived a perfect life, died the death that both you and I deserved, and then conquered the grave, rose on the third day, and defeated death, the thing that we could never defeat. That is the gospel. And that is what saves. So who preaches the prosperity gospel? There's probably a really good name that comes to mind. His name's Joel Osteen. And he teaches the prosperity gospel and he is famous. People listen to him every Sunday morning. They live stream him from across the world. They flock to Texas just to see him in person. He teaches a false gospel. He teaches those four things that I just talked about. And I would say, who who teaches the prosperity gospel? Anyone who teaches those four things. And so the way you identify someone who teaches the prosperity gospel, you don't identify them through their material things like I talked about at the beginning of this podcast. No. You identify them by what they are teaching in the pulpit and then how they utilize that money. If they're saying, hey, tithe because I need a new private jet so I can do ministry, no. <laughs> they're probably they're probably taking advantage of their congregation. And so be on the lookout. I'm going to link this Gospel Coalition article in the show notes for you guys so you have it. I think it's a fantastic resource. I think that I really do think that you guys should just utilize it read it they have a bunch of links to other articles that they have that kind of expand on a lot of the ideas and so i I think that it is a very beneficial read and so i'm definitely going to recommend it i'm also going to link all of griffin's stuff in the show notes because he is slaying it he just released his his mini project and it's it's three songs and each one of them is unique and amazing and so i want you guys to go check that out um, it was, I, I got to hear him and, and watch him kind of record some of it. And it was awesome. He's so talented. So go check him out. I'm sure he'll be on the podcast sometime soon. 
guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was beneficial. I hope you learned from it. I hope that you guys had a fantastic Christmas and New Year's Day. Happy 2019. We have made it. It's going to be a fantastic year of podcasting and YouTube videos. Make sure you go subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you haven't, uh, the subscription box down below, just click it. Turn on the little bell for notifications so that you know when we upload a video. And I hope to see you guys on January 12th when the YouTube channel officially launches. Guys, seriously, I'm going to say this all 2019 because it is so radically and beautifully true. You are beautiful and you are one of a kind. Until next time, take care and God bless.